At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. This crowd, McClendon marches down the dugout steps with first base. McClendon's throw. The runner breaks to the plate. Here's the throw. You are listening to the North Shore Nine podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, make sure to watch NS9 Live every Thursday on Twitch and help support by becoming a patron. Let's go, Bucks! Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to Starbucks. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, we got Jim Rosati. Jim, happy Monday to you. Happy Monday. How was your weekend? Um, it was all right. Nothing special. How about you? Had some pool time. I went to the pool twice this weekend because it was gorgeous weather. Um, so that was that was nice. There you go. Got some got some tan on. My sunburn from last weekend. Like I thought I was just yes. gonna peel on my arms and stuff, but it actually just turned into a, a nice little tan. So. Yeah. Good, good. Yeah, your sunburn from sitting in the 60-degree weather watching the Reds game, huh? Yeah, yeah. Nice. I'll take it. I'll take tan over peeling skin any day. Oh, for sure. Yeah, well, big congrats to you on your tan. Thank you. Also, on your pool days. I saw that. And drinking an iced coffee. Big congrats. Picked up an iced coffee on the way to the pool. Figured that would be... You know, a good way to kind of start the pool day off and then you know switch to had a couple uh had a couple uh high noons oh yeah how are those i've yeah. never had one by the way ever in my life they're they're not bad they're yeah. they're really not bad okay yeah. are they worth like the five thousand dollars per can it seems like they are uh i i like them better than like seltzers yeah. if that's the question well, it wasn't the question, but it's a good answer. 
Yeah. I think it's the only I reason don't I don't get them. I'm it. like, it's like twenty dollars for like five cans, I think, six cans. So they're a little bit different because like I don't know how your laws in Florida are, but our laws in Kentucky, you can buy beer at like gas stations and stuff, Same. right? But you can't buy liquor at gas stations. And technically, high noons are made with vodka, not right. like beer like a seltzer or like a white claw would be so you have to actually go to a liquor store to get high noons you can't just pick them up at a gas station so that's probably like the one knock on them they're a little bit harder to get you have to actually like go into go into a real store as opposed to just going to a gas station but it is what it is interesting so like we have that same law but i swear i see them in gas in uh grocery stores gas stations all that i don't know i'll have to double check but anyways enough of that yeah so how about this for a weekend right the pirates played the reds they won the series split the series they true they split the series it was a four game series you are correct jim they yeah. split the yeah. series hey that's a win in my heart that's all better than last weekend much when they better. did lose the series, yeah, <laughs> much much better. So I mean, to top it off, so not only do they split, but we gotta, of course, still talk about this today because the Pirates won yesterday, accumulating zero hits, zero. How does that not like? Does that not embody the entire season of like the 2022 Pirates and the 22 Cincinnati Reds? It was funny because like you, 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 you said it pretty correctly there. Like if any team was going to lose a game like this, like it's, it's the Reds because <laughs> they've just been completely terrible this year. Uh, but at the same time, the Pirates also haven't been great. So it was just great to see that these two teams were able to come together and do something like this. Um, I, I feel like this hasn't been done in a while. I, I saw a lot of tweets about like when the last time this was, it, it's been like over a decade, I think, oh. that a team has won while recording no hits. Like it's been, it's been quite a while. Uh, so it was. I don't yeah, remember always time either, see. but I feel like it's well over a decade. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it was funny. So uh, again, I was I wasn't actually watching the game. I was at the pool, and I like just randomly looked at my phone, and I saw when I pulled up the. Bad app. I look at the scoreboard. You know, it's got that little no hitter banner on it, and like the seventh inning, and I was like, "Oh crap, we're getting no hit by Hunter Green." <laughs> right. And and then I like look at the lineup, and I'm just like, "Oh no, we're gonna get no hit by Hunter Green." <laughs> um, but then, you know, in the eighth inning, I started like I, I, you know, pulled it up and was kind of following a little bit on my phone, and. Uh, Hunter Green started wearing down a little bit. He he got the first out, I believe, and then he went walk, walk. And at that point, he was like, I, I noticed his pitch count, and I was just like, there's like no way he can keep going. Like, you can't – like, he would have to pitch like 140 pitches to complete this game. I'm like, that's not going to happen. Like, right. David Bell's an idiot, but <laughs> I don't think he's quite that dumb. Um, so they pull Hunter Green – Art Warren walks the next guy, <laughs> and then uh, then Pirates get get a run across. So um, 
yeah, really cool. Once that happened, I was just like, oh my God, I hope we win one nothing without a hit. That would be great. Like that, that was what I was shooting for. I mean, that's literally where I was too. That's exactly, I, it's just because it's so weird. It is the 22 Pirates, the 22 Reds that I kind of was hoping. I'm like, you know what? Let's get weird, right? Let's win this and get no hit. And that was just epic. Like you're saying, I mean, that's, that says that's the 2022 Reds in a nutshell. They're so bad, but they have talent. Like Hunter Green is a talented pitcher. He hasn't put it together this year yet. I mean, he did a fantastic job putting it together against the Pirates yesterday. But that would be so, so the Reds to get a no hitter and still lose. Like that's how awful they are. And yet, in the same sense, it's such the Pirates to win a game and celebrate being no hit. Like they're so awful that they get no hit and yeah. yet we're celebrating and happy and excited. Like, yes, look at us. <laughs> we won. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, a win is a win, regardless if you do it 10 to two spoken, just like a Pirates fan <laughs> or one, nothing with no hits. I mean, if you look on, it counts the exact same in the standings. It does. It does. Yeah. But you just got no hit. That's embarrassing. By the Cincinnati, the 2022 Cincinnati Reds, and you you couldn't be happier right now. <laughs> I mean, I could be happier, but uh, definitely a really cool thing that happened. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 pretty sweet to to be on the winning end of that because I feel like that would be something like. Because the Pirates haven't thrown a no hitter in a while now. Right. I think ninety seven was the last one. It was a combined no hitter, right? I think that's right. Um, so, like, I feel like we've gone what twenty five years now without a Pirates no hitter. Like, this is something that would happen to the Pirates. It's like they would throw a no hitter and they would lose, and so it like technically wouldn't even count as a no hitter, like in the record books and stuff, because like. The the we there's weird roles when and we've talked about this last year with the whole Madison Bumgarner stuff right there are weird rules when it comes to like what's a no hitter and what's not um, and so this technically doesn't count as like they as a as a like an official no hitter in the major league record book uh, by the Reds so that would be what would happen to the Pirates typically um, but yeah we were at least on the good end of it so that makes it fun. Yeah, that's why I just figured too. Like the thing is, this could never happen to the Pirates because who the hell could even last nine innings? I mean, we're we're excited that someone went seven, right? Like the Pirates, Quintana throwing. I mean, but could Quintana go nine? He he only threw eighty nine pitches. I know, and he and was went cool. seven today. Right. What I'm saying is, I bet he could have gone. Like he he would have been physically capable of it. If he was in line for one, okay, that's that's fair. Yeah. Uh, so so part yeah. of it was like who's going to go the distance, and secondly, who has the talent to go the distance and have no hits. So that's why I felt it was fitting on the Pirates' end for 2022. Because I mean, the Hunter Green is talented. You know, if he threw a no hitter, anyone who throws one, it's a big deal. Obviously, it's hard to do. I'm not going to say, oh yeah, I could see that happening, but like Hunter Green, I could see that happening with. He's a very talented pitcher. Um. So that I could see the Reds throwing a no hitter in that sense. Like anyone, the Pirates, I don't. They're the ones who would get no hit and win. But anyways, so yeah, yeah. like that was just a great, 
a great game in that sense. Then the offense was terrible. Obviously, you saw the lineup. I mean, also, that's part of it, too. Like, it's not surprising that lineup was no hit. <laughs> it's at least Van Meter wasn't leading off today or yesterday. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's see. One, two, three, four guys in that lineup batting below 200. So, yeah. you know, that that makes it a little bit easier on the pitcher for sure. Um, I mean, there, there was, but as far as like the lineup goes, you look at it and like, there's probably only one thing that you would change about it. <laughs> maybe well, sadly two. enough, maybe right. two, <laughs> maybe two, like Chavis in for Susugo and Diego Castillo in for Van Meter. The rest of it, like, that's the best we got. Right. I know. I know. It sucks. <clears throat> Trust me. I know. And that's why, like, I can't hammer two down. I want Van Meter gone. It doesn't make any sense to me that he's still here. But like, like you pointed out before, and others. I mean, there's plenty of players that are just awful as well, offensively. So I get it. But anyways, I have other Van Meter issues. <laughs> I won't go too detailed right now. But you're right. I mean, again, like this team isn't good. It's not good, and this lineup is not good either. It's not even close to being good. Like you said, there's. Four guys in this lineup under 200 yesterday. Reynolds is on the yeah. verge of being under 200. Mm-hmm. And Castro has like a handful of bats. So like two more at bats and he could technically be under 200. So like right. that's where we stand right now. This lineup is Gamble and Cabrian Hayes. Because even Chavis has cooled down quite a bit. I mean, he's still better and he'll give you. He can give you a clutch Vogel, here or there. Vogel, Vogelbach's been like a oh, legit major bad. league hitter. My too. bad. Yes, there's three yeah. men. I will definitely Vogelbach is very, very good this year. So there's three guys Vogelbach, Hayes, and Gamble. That's yeah. it. Gamble, who's third in Major League Baseball in war right now, according to fan graphs. Well, you know what? There's been some updates. So that isn't entirely uh, correct right they, now. Did they ah uh, they just did, no, it's still there. Well, ben Gamble, it, it's third. Still, so here's the thing. It is still there, but just because he's not qualified, Jack Sawinski now has a seven war. Oh, okay. Yes. So, unfortunately. Oh, Nick Gordon. Okay, you're right. This knocks down Ben Gamble a lot. Nick Gordon has a 20.4 war. So good. Nick Gordon, breakout <laughs> season. Called it. <laughs> on, on his way to Cooperstown in a single season. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going on with Fangraphs's uh, website here, but yeah, it's in the morning. If nah. you're watching this now, listening early in the morning, um, hopefully it's still that way because it's kind of fun to see. But yeah, they're they're. Yeah. I think it's the defense mainly that's causing it. But it, the war's broken. It, it is like Aaron yeah. Judge defense is one hundred three point four, <laughs> leading him to a thirteen point one season. Yeah, yeah. Nick Gordon, I just checked here, is at one ninety one point three. With for a Fantastic. twenty point, he's a twenty point four WAR with a seventy seven weighted runs created plus. I'm seeing it now. How about the <laughs> Twins? Like Nick Gordon with a twenty point four WAR, and then fourth in WAR, Gilberto Calistino with the ten point six. You, you, you WAR. can't even you can't even say his name right. Exactly. <laughs> Celestino. Close enough. Yeah. <laughs> So, no, I mean, right impressive. there, there's like 30 war combined with those two guys. 
Yeah, that's like impressive. a good like kudos to the twins. You know, they're really nailing it. They've made uh their catcher really, really good. God, Gary Sanchez actually in real real life, like his framing is very, very good. The twins are the framing doctor when it comes to catchers. And now they have 30 war between these guys. Makes a lot of sense. Anyways, yeah, so Fangraph's wars is clearly broken. So I don't know. That's kind of yeah. throws the show off a little bit here when we're talking about numbers, but <laughs> yeah, Jackson yeah, really really... does not have a 7.64. Can't really trust fan graphs right now. But, but, but maybe we should get into that a little bit here. Uh, I mean, obviously, we know Cabrian Hayes is good. We talked about Cabrian Hayes last week, right? When you said about how the five war and I don't know how much yeah. I can trust his numbers. It says a 1.2 war today. He looks about right. I think that's pretty correct. He was at 1.3, I think, going into the weekend. And he okay. did have like a 0 for 7 performance or something. So that's probably about right. Sounds good. So, yeah, like Cabrian Hayes, we know is good. Ben Gamble continues to just I – don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think ultimately we, we know what he is. His career numbers speak, but like since the calendar turned to May, he's been ungodly like and just crushing the ball. Still, I mean, I don't know. He his defense says 23.7, leading him to a 3.6 war. I, that's almost believable how many diving catches I see him make. Maybe he truly does have 3.6 war, but like this guy is still batting unbelievably well. A 135 weighted runs created plus hit another home run. What? Yeah, 193 and, in May. There you go. So like May, he's just been done. But yeah, like the defense is still there. Like that's something that's carried over from April. Like you're still seeing. I don't know where this come from. Like again, you can't fake defense so much unless you dog it for a little bit to try to make it into a diving catch. But like even the defensive factors, I'm just saying, like you could you could fake it to that way. You could, you know, you you can make things look better than what they are. That's the only way you can fake things, right? But the defensive factors even show that he's having a fantastic defensive year. So where does this band game come from and what are we expecting maybe? Well, I think as far as like defensive metrics go, it's still a pretty small sample size at this point. Um, But I mean, you look at him and yeah, he's made some pretty impressive plays out there. He's also botched a few, right? And, and a few, and if you if you look at the stat cast numbers, the defense isn't that good. I mean, he's he's 11th percentile and outs above average. He's 21st percentile and outfielder jump. Um, is, is he very good at making diving catches? Yes. But I think what you're looking at with Gamble is most outfielders maybe don't have to dive for all the balls that he dives for. Um, and that's kind of where where Gamble's issues come from when it comes to defensive statistics. Um, I, I don't really think he is a good outfielder. <laughs> so uh, I'll earlier then. I don't know. He, he's, he doesn't get good jumps. He doesn't get, get good reads on balls, um, but he has the speed and the ability to make up for that a lot of times, uh, which which leads to some pretty amazing catches uh, every once in a while. But yeah, I wouldn't necessarily put him in like a 
in like a he's a good outfielder standpoint yeah know? i want to take that part back the met like the metrics yeah. don't state he is good so i don't know what i was looking at when i was looking at this stuff last night um but i stand corrected so it looks the part but it doesn't it doesn't prove to be the part so yes um he makes a lot of diving catches which is is cool and fun to see and his pitchers are very appreciative of it but yeah his defensive metrics don't stand out as he is good so okay yeah i'm even looking at like his catch chart and stuff and like nothing's Nothing's really jumping out to me as far as <laughs> jumping out. Like he technically, I don't even think it's made it. Like he hasn't even made a good play this year, is what Statcast is saying. <laughs> so like all those catches that he's making, like Statcast is saying that like they all should have been caught. So it just makes you appreciate Starling Marte even more, is what you're saying. Exactly because but, Starling no, Marte, but, makes like, it to be honest, boring. yeah. That's exactly what it, I mean, really, like if it makes you appreciate like really good outfielders a lot, because sometimes, yeah, really good defensive players look boring. Uh, like there are a lot of times where when he, Brian Hayes, we talk about Hayes a lot where he just like makes plays seem not difficult. Right. And, and then he will make some plays where it's like, Oh my God, how did he do that? But there are a lot of times where like, he'll do something and it won't even look like it was that amazing, but you're like, I don't think most people make that play. Um, Ben Gamble is the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> Good way of putting it. Yes. Okay. So then I take that part back, right? So the defense isn't totally there, but let's go to the offense too. The guy is it's fine, just... though. No, I mean it is. He's not hurting the club per se. No. But um, but yeah, like I said, offensively, the guy's just mashing right now. I don't suspect this to sustain. Obviously, again, like I'm gonna look at his career. His career, he's meh, right? He's and he a, was very he's a league bad average hitter. Here. He's right. Yeah, he's a league average hitter. But as of which right I now, think he could definitely do. Yeah. Well, yes. And like I said, like as of right now, I'm gonna ride this hot bat, especially the way that Brian Reynolds is. But um, Ben Gamble is gonna come back down to earth, correct? Um. So I don't think he's I, – I do think, though, like when you look at the season, when, when this season is over, it will be Ben Gamble's best offensive season of his career. How about that? Okay. Which means he needs more than a 107 weighted runs created plus. Mm-hmm. I think he can – I think he can do that. Okay. That's fair. We never did our over and unders this year. I just realized that. I know. We definitely did. No. no. <laughs> Too late. So I'm going I'm going over <laughs> 107 weighted runs created plus for Ben Gamble. That's what I'm I'm throwing that out there. He's off. I mean, he's has 120 plate appearance head start in doing so. I mean, I could see it happening. Just, just because of where we stand right now, obviously. Oh, whoa. I just realized you're like halfway in the screen. I need to fix you. <laughs> Hot damn. No one's been able to, no one's seen your face for the most part. Look, look at all the viewers we had, though. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. All right. So, yes. So, like I said, with Ben Gamble, I, I can see 107 higher than that. Again, like that's not like a huge feat, but of course, Ben Gamble standards. 
that would be his best season. So I, I, I think that's fair. You could have like a one ten ish, be ten percent above average. Yeah, he's going to get opportunity. That's for sure as well. I don't know if that exposes him though and makes it makes him worse. But as it stands right now, fantastic year, and as mentioned, a three point six work or in the fan graph. So can't get much better than that. Um, but a guy I did really want to talk about today as well was Jack Sawinski, just a little bit more because. You know, we brought him to the group chat yesterday. <clears throat> the numbers do not stand out. I mean, he is a guy, when you mentioned, who's hitting under 200. He is one of them, right? A 185 batting average, 71 way to run created plus. He's not been good result-wise offensively. However, and I said it kind of jokingly because, like, it kind of alludes to what we're getting at here. You know, when he had that that um <clears throat> full count yesterday, I was like, does he like lead the team in full counts? Because I swear, like every time Jack Swinsky's up, he just loads the count up. And that's like something I, I've noticed from Jack Swinsky is he looks comfortable at the plate. Like he looks like a major leaguer. He's not putting it together results wise. Of course, the babe of a 211 right now. Like he's not been lucky on hits either, per se. But Jack Swinsky has impressed me as much as you can for a guy hitting 185. Like that's the way I'll put it. I I think that's a good way to put it. Um, I guess I, I would I would phrase it a little differently. I don't really know if Jack Swinsky's done much, especially at the plate, to impress me. But he hasn't done anything at the plate for me to say this guy sucks. He can't handle major league pitching, right? Like I, when I see him up to bat and he's and he's 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 going through all the pitches and he's, you know, whatever you want to call it. It's early. I'm still trying to get my mind with me here. I know. I but... couldn't think of full count. So. <laughs> um, you look at him and you don't think this is a double A player who's overmatched, right? Like you mm-hmm. do not, that, that thought doesn't come in your mind at all. Like he looks like he's a major league baseball player putting together a major league at bat at all times. Um, again, the results haven't necessarily been there, like how you would want to see from like an everyday right fielder, you know, that's, you, you kind of need some, some stuff there. Uh, but I also don't think that his numbers are indicative of like, you know, what he's capable of doing, because again, he has looked comfortable. He's looked good at the plate. Uh, he's been great defensively, great defensively. Unlike Ben Gamble. Yeah. Um, so I'm not really sure what to, I, mean, I think going into this year, I probably was like, Hey, you know, Jack Swinski, you're probably looking at a guy with a ceiling of like a fourth outfielder. Right. That was probably my thought going into here. And I mean, it's only been 17 games that we've seen him, but I, I feel a lot more comfortable that he's going to hit that ceiling, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, I, I think uh, I think this has been a good kind of dose of major league pitching for him. And again, I can't really you can't really come into up to any conclusions based off of 59 plate appearances. I do not think Jack Swinsky is like an everyday major league right fielder, like on a good team. I don't think that's ever going to be the case. But I do think he could be a contributor off the bench, a fourth outfielder who can play defense well, play every defensive position, 
and give you a good quality major league at bat from the left side of the plate when you need it. Um, so there's nothing wrong with that at right. all. Right. Uh, and, and I think I, I'm, I feel more and more comfortable every time I see him um, thinking that, you know, that ceiling that I kind of had in my mind for him, like he'll, he can hit that. He can hit that fourth outfielder ceiling. That's a really good way of putting it. And like, I, I agree with all of that, you know, like, like as I mentioned, when he was coming up, I, if you told me he was batting 180 at this point in time, right, I probably wouldn't be shocked. Mm-hmm. The thing is, I would probably think in my mind, like, oh, God, this guy sucks. But I don't think that. Like, even though he's batting the 180 right now, I don't yeah. look at him and say, oh, my God, this guy sucks. You know, like, Cole Tucker, Jack Sawinski, in my head, are two completely different players, even though, like, their numbers aren't that far off, per se. Now, obviously, the way to run a create plus different, you know, the, the two home runs <laughs> make a big difference. But, like, the thing, yeah. too, is, like, Jack Sawinski walks a good amount, a decent amount, you know. He doesn't strike mm-hmm. out a ton. Um, Like you said, he doesn't look overmatched. But on top of that, too, like, what we're going to get into is, like, his defense has been immensely impressive. For for going into right field, like, never seeing PNC Park, what he's been doing. And, like, the numbers do show as well. He is in the limited time so far right been very very good defensively like that is super impressive to me and again it might just because i've never seen a good right fielder in bnc park like for how many years you know so maybe that's part of it like someone who can play competent defense here's like holy shit what's this guy but he's not even doing that he actually is playing good defense so yeah like what you're saying about the fourth outfielder i mean defensively alone it seems like the glove's competent to be a just a fourth outfielder, right? I mean, like a Jake Marisnik, I'm not saying he's that good defensively, but like Jake Marisnik's value mm-hmm. comes in the fact that he can play for all three outfield spots and the bats, whatever. So like Jack Sawinski could, in my mind, show me that he could be a fourth outfielder. I think the bat, like there's a little more to, in there, you know? So... I'm giving him still like every opportunity, mm-hmm. even though he's a guy who's batting 180 and you're thinking, oh, let's send him down. Let's get a new guy or whatever. Like that's not in my mind at all. I still want to see more. Let him get out. Like let him keep developing right here. Cause he's showing he yeah. belongs per se. And and I think the pirates are probably in the same boat as we are. I mean, if you look at, if you just look at like the last seven, last six lineups, right? Like they're rolling lineup here. You know, Sawinski's been, in the lineup every day mm-hmm. for, for, for the past week or so. Um, he's, he, you know, he doesn't get days off. It hit him gamble or pretty much slated it slotted into that left field, right field spot for, for the last few, uh, last few weeks now. Um, but no, I, I agree with you. And we talk about the defense. Um, one play in particular comes to mind and I forget which game it was. I think it was against the Dodgers this, this past homestand. But there was a runner on first. There was one out. High fly ball to right field. And, like, he played it like he was going to catch it, right? I I don't know if you remember this play. But he, like, went back to the wall, played it like he was going to catch it until, like, the very last moment he turned around because he knew the ball was going off the wall, and he played it perfectly on a hop. And just by doing that, you freeze that runner at first base because he's now thinking, oh, well, this ball's not – it's going to get caught. I'm not going to go anywhere. Um, when in all reality, he probably should have, that runner should have scored from first, right? Instead, he's going 
halfway between first and second because of the way just Swinski's playing the ball. It's like little stuff like that. Like he, the runner went to third, right? But I think under a normal circuit, like if he would have just turned around, right, mm-hmm. and looked like he was playing the ball off the fence, that runner from first scores because he's just going, right? Um, but he played it in a way he fooled the runner, runner didn't score, and it's just like little stuff like that. Yeah, we're not really used to to seeing good good outfield defense all the time, and uh, especially because we been playing shortstops in right field a lot lately. So, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but, but that, that play actually more than anything that play, like I was, when I saw that, I was like, Jack Swinski knows what he's doing out there. Uh, so I, I was impressed with that. Um, you know, that's something that you don't always see the young players do. Like just, it was a super high, people. I hate the phrase, but like, it was very high baseball iq play like he he, like that was just the smart thing to do and the right thing to do in that situation and he did it so that that was that kind of just stuck in my mind for a little bit no i'm you know i'm glad you did bring that one up too because right like that's also something that doesn't like come up in the box score or as well you know so i've been like i said just super impressed and again like not even just impressed alone with that but the fact too like right field's a bit tricky it's a bit tricky and this is the first time he's seeing pnc park you know and, and the way he's playing it it's almost as if he's been there for five years you know like he knows the wall he knows pnc park and he's just playing it well so um again i've just been very very impressed by by him um so yeah so like again like don't to me i'm just like don't look at this guy as he's a 185 hitter he sucks Probably not going to be good, you know, like I'm with like, I probably don't see him being like this good right fielder in the future. And like you're betting on Jack Swinsky to be penciled in as a right fielder going forward and he's going to be great. But like, I, I, I want to see as much as Jack Swinsky like this year as possible. I, I know he skipped AAA. Yeah. He's here now, but hey, he's here now. Again, you can develop in the major leagues, right? Our whole O'Neill Cruz argument, like you can develop. That's part of, you know, being called up and such. And he doesn't look overmatched, so let's just see it. And if he ends the year at 225, ends the year at 225. I'm, I'm good with that. Um, so, yeah, like I said, Jack Sawinski is one of them I really wanted to talk about today because of that. Um, anything to you as well you want to bring up, talk? Any standouts? Um, standouts. Let's talk – I mean, let's talk a little bit about the pitching just from, from Saturday and Sunday. Okay. Uh, Zach Thompson again – putting together a really good performance. Yep. Uh, six scoreless innings, one hit. Um, I mean, this is now back-to-back games that he has looked extremely good. Um, now, you can say that both of those games were against the Reds, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and that's that's true. They were, they were both against the Reds, the worst team in baseball. Uh, but he, he did what, like, you're supposed to do against the worst team in baseball. So that was, that was good to see. Hopefully that kind of gets him back on track a little bit. Um, you, you look at his season numbers overall now and, you know, going into this week, they were absolutely pathetic. Right. And now they're, they're not great still, but <laughs> they're, just, they're just bad. They're, they're, they're not like the worst you've ever seen. Right. Um so I, I'm interested to kind of see if he can keep that going, see what he can do next time out on a, against a team that's not the Reds. 
Uh, you know, I think I tweeted it out like in the middle of the start. He, he had to go. He had a no hitter going into the sixth yeah. inning, actually. Um, it was like, hey, it's nice to see him do this. But like the only time we've seen him do this so far is against the Reds. So it's like. I want to see him do it against somebody else, like let's see him do it against a real major league team and then we can kind of draw some conclusions. But, you know, maybe. Maybe we were writing him off a little too early. I don't know. But again, the one thing about this rotation that's good for somebody like Zach Thompson is like he's going to be given plenty of opportunities to show us if if he has it or not. Uh, so it was good to see him turn it around this past week. Now let's see if he can keep it going against non-Reds teams. I like it. Speaking of opportunity, the one who gets all the opportunities, Mitch Keller. The just just to, to bring up so once again mitch keller had his outing his opportunity his seventh opportunity of the season so far this year his seventh start and just didn't look good again i i mean we're gonna bring it up and, and i'm on board too like you're just gonna see him all season long it is what it is but are we coming closer to a conclusion on maybe like what mitch keller is are we ever going to see what we want to see out of Mitch Keller? We've been having this conversation for like four years now. <laughs> mm-hmm. We have, but again, um, like, I'll give it like, all the intrigue was there yeah. about the velocity. And, you know, as we said, like, it was nice to see, I want to see results, but at least there was like a fundamental change. So I will give him the opportunity to show me what that's going to do for him. It's been seven starts now. Where are we at? <laughs> He's just not it. He's not it. Like, I don't know if it's going to take like a, again, he's, he's very talented. Like he, he's got the talent. So I, I think he could stick around and at least, I don't know, maybe, maybe he, he becomes a reliever. Right. I don't know. But right now the command is terrible. Like there, he's not striking people out. He's not missing bats. The ball is getting hit super hard off of him. The dogs don't like it. Dogs don't like No, it's, uh, again, he'll, he'll be getting given plenty of opportunities on this team. And and I think if you're the Pirates, like, you, you kind of have to give him plenty of opportunities because – like a lot of your future rides on if Mitch Keller is not right. And so like, you really need to find this out. And and right now it's definitely leaning towards he's not good as opposed to he is good. Um, But it's seven starts. He's looked good in what, two out of the seven. And then the other five, he really hasn't. Um, So yeah, we'll, we'll see. Like I said, keep giving him the ball. But I have no, I have almost no faith in Mitch Keller at this point. Hmm. That's that's really where I'm at. Again, like especially these two starts after that really really good start against the Padres, which like that was even a good. That was a really good start. That was something maybe we're turning the corner on to me, right? And then seeing these next two starts, clearly both against weird. the Reds too. Like both against the worst team in baseball. Well, the one was two the- starts against the worst team in baseball. Padres. Right, 
No, I mean, he went Padres and he went Reds, Reds. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. The two starts yeah. after the Padres. Right. Um, okay, yeah. my bad. I thought you were talking about what his good start was. Right. His two, yeah. the, the two starts after his really good start was the Reds, and that's inexcusable. Like, you should have just carved yeah. them up. Right. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah. So, right. Like, that's the thing. I wasn't expecting much. Cool. He has the velocity. And we talked about it all offseason for the most part. That's great. But that doesn't, like, <clears throat> that wasn't his problem. More or less, right? It wasn't so much that it helps, right? But it wasn't as if it's like, oh, if he just added velocity, he'd be good. No one was ever saying that. It would help him. So he got it. I was open, especially his spring. His spring just looked phenomenal. So I came to the 2022 season just with a fresh slate. Kind of just erased <laughs> those commercials. Forget everything you knew about Mitch Keller. <laughs> right? That's how I kind of came into this season. I'm just going to forget yeah. everything I knew. Let's let me let him show me what he is now. And he's showing me. And now I'm re-remembering what I knew about him. And it's the same. So even though he just he has more velocity, just the same pitcher, though. And uh, I'm just kind of with you. Like the pirates have to. Like they have to figure this out. Him being good is going to change this future so much because it lacks in quality, I think, starting pitching, right? And in, in all the minors. So Mitch Keller being good would really help solve that because you have Rowanzi coming up here this year as well. So like having Rowanzi and Mitch Keller in this rotation is two fifths of it. Now, if it's just Rowanzi, like you're in trouble, you got to find some pitching. So that's why Mitch Keller is going to be here because it's, it's for one, there's nothing chasing him out of this rotation, but for two, like the pirates really need him to be good. (laughs) They have to like find some way to be good. And it does suck. I'm not just saying this because of you know the perception, but like you don't want Mitch Keller to be that guy that you couldn't figure out when he goes somewhere else that he does. Not just because of the stigma, but because you need that. Yeah. No, I mean, well, well put. Um, like if, if this team's going to be good, they're going to need good pitching. And Mitch Keller has to be a part of that. <laughs> because like who else is like that's who's, it. Who's who's that? Uh, that that's what I'm so worried about with this. Like, who yeah. is next? Yeah, I mean, if, you, if you're like Rowan thinking Z down, is. yeah, if you're thinking down the road, like, okay, this team's going to be a competitive team in 2024. You hope Rowan C. Contreras is is you know one of those guys, but then like you after that, you have nothing but either question marks. You know, like like Michael Burroughs type guys, Michael Burroughs and Quinn Priester type guys, where you really don't know what they're going to be like, right? You hope that they're going to be good, but you don't know. Um, and then, you know, you you've that's it. Then they're they're like I said, you have a Mitch Keller. But like, is he going to is he going to be there? I don't know. You it's you need him to more be more like no because. Because you need five of those guys. You, like Rowan C is one is kind of who you're counting on. And then you need four more. <laughs> and it's not you need more easy. than four. You need like five or six more, honestly, to get you through yeah. like a full season. So like you need like seven capable starting pitchers. And right now, if we're looking into the future, I see one. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, like you said, like who can be here? And who's going to be productive is different things too. Like Michael Burroughs is showing lights out stuff. 
I mean, he's definitely yeah. creeping up prospect lists, you know, but that's that's more of a surprise thing. You look at Priester, he seems to be going the opposite direction. That's that's not good, you know? Cranick yeah. made his appearance this year. Like, you hope maybe there's something there. But, like, on all these guys you're talking about, very much question marks or, like, a very capped ceiling. Yeah. So it's not looking good for the rotation in the future. And that's, again, why, as Pirate fans, you might hate to watch it, and I'm tired of seeing him, tired of seeing him, but, like, I need, and the Pirates need a good rotation in 2024, and Mitch Keller could help solve and check a lot of boxes on that if he is good. So, like, they're going to give him every opportunity. They're going to keep working him all year. They need to try to figure this out. Like, that's the problem. They need to. They have to figure this out. Yeah, so, so and far, so no. then, yeah. And so then the, the only other way that you can put a rotation together is like you're going to have to sign some pieces, right? I mean, obviously, like they're going to have to sign some pieces. And and so far, you know, Ben has hit on two of those with Tyler Anderson and it seems like Quintana. Quintana's just looked excellent. No other way to put it. He's like, mm-hmm. you know, like he looks totally revitalized. He looks like his old self, honestly. Um, but like you need you need multiple of those people um, for multiple years if you wanna if you wanna put something together. So like, is Ben Sherrington capable of filling out a quality rotation? with what now is seems like it's going to have to be like four arms from the outside. Like, can he do that? Can he even, can he even do that? Yeah. I'm like, what to see. And like all things fair, it's not as if Neil Huntington developed a ton of pitchers, right? Most of the success did come from outside. They just had a really, really good game plan. It worked until it didn't work. So, you know, like we can give, Ben Charrington, his opportunity to do the same. Like you said, like Tyler Anderson hit well. Quintana is hitting pretty nicely so far. Um, but right, like it's that's a clear issue I see in this rebuild is the arms. There just isn't enough quality ones that look like they're MLB capable. Um for a really I wonder if we see or I wonder if we see like a I wonder if we see like a, a Los Angeles Angels type drafts coming up where they they go like 20, 20 for 20 pitchers. Right. <laughs> they just draft 20 pitchers and they're like, here you guys go. Like some of you have to be good. Figure at it some out. Point. <laughs> right. Yeah. I wouldn't mind that. I mean, there's, there's enough bats per se. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> right. Hopefully. But yeah. uh, yeah. So anyways, yeah, I want to bring up Mitch Keller just for that, because okay. again, like I just, the more I see him, it's just I'm with everyone else, more or less feeling that he's not there. But I'm also okay, and you will see him. I want to see him pitch all year too because he has to figure something out. Um, all right. So, anyone else? Anything else you want to talk about? I mean, David Bednar still is just unbelievably amazing. So good. So, so good. good. Um. I think that's about it. I think you I think we pretty much hit on everything there. Um, back on the road. So we took the home series. I hope we were set four and three during our seven game homestand. 
Uh, back on the road today against the Cubs. Let's take a look at this upcoming Pirates schedule. Dylan Peters starting tonight, yep. by the way. Um, Dylan Peters starting. Whose turn is it actually through the rotation? Is it so is it Bryce John Bryce Wilson? I assume who might be piggybacking there. Um, but yeah, Peters, Brubaker, and then Keller's in line to start next Wednesday, uh, this Wednesday. But short three game stand against the Cubs, and then they come back home for Cardinals and Rockies. So, yeah, three night games this weekend in Chicago. You don't see that very often. Oh, that's yeah, that's unusual. No 220 games. No, no day games at Wrigley this week. Interesting. All right, then. Yeah, yeah I'm excited to see what Dylan Peters does again tonight. I, I'm starting to feel like they should do more piggybacking. Like, I really do. They should do a lot more of this. Get Kranich up here. Have him and Peters do this type of stuff. Because the starter's stuck. Um, I just want to bring up one thing real quick, too. So, again, this is what's, like, been grinding my gears a lot with the whole Josh Van Meter stuff. Not that these guys were great, but Pirates do end up losing Sam Howard to Detroit. They claim off waivers. They lose Bo Slusser to... Um, Baltimore. Baltimore, yep. To Salser came up here, pitched nine innings. I mean, he was effective. I'm not saying he was going to be a long-term good answer, but, like, again, for a team that lacks depth... In pitching, in arms, they've just lost two guys in the organization now. Yeah. And again, ultimately, my eyes, because they felt the need that they needed to keep Cole Tucker and Josh Van Meter on the 40-man, which I don't understand. So I'm just very irked at this, like extremely irked <laughs> at all this management that they're doing in that sense. But I guess it just is what it is. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't understand it, Jim. <laughs> I just don't. I also don't really get like they claimed um mm. who they just claim off of. Yeah, we didn't talk about that. Waivers. Uh, um Beattie. Tyler Beatty. Yeah. Um the guy sucks. Yes. <laughs> like he's not good. Um, and has never been good. Like, it's not even like it's a matter of, hey, this guy like was good at one point. No, he 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 hasn't ever he been good. He hasn't he hasn't been college. good since college. <laughs> yeah, I think it was college. So like, he was good in college, and then like once he hit the pros, not good. He's 28 now, like he's about to turn 29, and he has yet to do anything in the major leagues that's impresses you in any way whatsoever. Um I, I, I didn't really get that like, claiming, honestly. I didn't get it. I'm with you. He's on the, yeah, like, he's on the active roster. Like He's now in the bullpen. So now you have Tyler Beatty and Heath Hembry in there. And it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to see any of either of those guys. Are we going to get off this? He was a former first rounder train. Because there's a lot of former first rounders that are garbage and they suck. And that's just, it's okay. That's a part of baseball. That's what prospects Mm -hmm. do, you know? So, so again, it's like, why did you, why did you keep Josh Van Meter, Lou Salser? And then in all that, like you picked up BD. 
I think my biggest thing is sending Kranich down. Well, that too. Well, that too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but again, I just don't, I don't understand all this. I don't think they're trying to win. <laughs> well, we know that. So but they're just doing dumb things too to not win. That's why. Yeah. No, they're playing bad players. That's, that's what they're doing. Like Max Kranich doesn't make this <clears throat> team good. <laughs> you can you just don't have to be that like, this terrible all the time. You don't have to get no hits. <laughs> that's true. Right? You don't have to. Yeah. You don't have to. How pissed off is Charrington that they got no hit and won? <laughs> this wasn't part of the plan. No, no. He was like, I'm going to put together a team that's going to get no hit. And then they do it, but they right. still win. <laughs> Damn it. Van Meter starting four more games. Anyways, yeah, I'm just, again, yeah. just questioning a lot of these moves right now anytime josh van meter avoids a dfa i'm going to be upset just is what it is i'm sorry he's not a major leaguer he's not talented he stinks there's so many i mean that's another thing too michael perez when he dove the first base the other day or no it was nap right he had that hit like i was just cringing i'm like no please you can't get injured i don't care like I need every catcher to not the hustle. same thing. Yeah. No yeah. catcher is allowed to hustle on this team because they can't afford to get injured because there's nobody else to cover you because of bad management. There's no one else. There's, there's no one that, that they have nothing else. Henry can't play triple A. I mean, in the majors this year. <laughs> He's about technically to. can, which by the way, he hasn't played in the last like three days either. I know since he got hit. I don't yeah. understand. Is that is there something there? Apparently, no, apparently he's not hurt. Um, Corey Geiger actually just just posted an article that I saw that I had. Okay. Um, they're just like extra. They're just being like super extra precautionary. That because I think he got hit in the hand. Oh, okay. Um, and so they they just like. They're just giving him some days. I'm good with that then. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. Being extra precautionary and hindering his development. <laughs> no, I'm good with that. Yeah. But yes, like that, that, that. Why Josh Van Meter has to be on this team and not a third freaking catcher on the 40 man, right? Or another freaking relief pitcher that is semi trustworthy of giving you some innings. I don't understand, but it is what it is. So again, that's why I'm up in arms about Josh Van Meter on the team and Cole Tucker too. Again, and also Cole Tucker. They're both in the same lump. They're here and others aren't. And I won't understand that. So that's all. Don't give me the money sign. Was was Bo Salser giving you like was is he too expensive for this team? Okay, so I'm I'm more talking about Rowan C. And well, that too. Players. Oh, yeah. Well, we know that part too. Yeah. Um, I'm like, that's the sad part. It's not even that. Like, there's other things that are <laughs> cheap also. It just doesn't make any sense. <sighs> Ronzi's coming though soon enough. 
All right. Let's All right. get out of here, I guess, right? Sure. Okay. We'll call it a day. We'll see you guys later. Thanks for watching. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe, follow. Appreciate you. And then we'll see you later. Bye-bye. See you guys. I want to talk about the hellscape that is technical diagramming, right? Everybody's nodding their heads right now. Uh-huh. And there is a potential solution that I want to share. There was one name that several people brought up. I did some digging and it's kind of nuts how much this program Miro has for developers. I have to share this. It could potentially be a game changer for you. So my favorite part about Miro is that half the work is already done. Like right now, typically we spend hours starting diagrams from scratch, right? Gathering information, you get buy-in from every team. Uh, you know, following up, that's a lot of work to do. But Miro has a full set of integrations with the tools you're probably already using. And they also offer open APIs and SDKs for custom solutions for all those niche diagramming use cases we have to do, right? So the end result is the same, but it doesn't take forever. It's a massive, massive time saver. I'm transforming basic flowcharts and network architectures, and it all lives in one place. So are you using Miro? Have you used it? I want to hear. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite.